Welcome to Stacks and Stories, the podcast of the Mississippi Library Commission. If you turn on the Mississippi Public Broadcasting radio station on Saturdays at 11 a.m., you'll hear a short five-minute little MLC moment from us. These are quick tidbits of information, all drawn from what you can find at your local public library. Because they're so short, we're combining some of them into a longer episode for our regular podcast feed. This episode focuses on adaptations and reworkings. Join Katie and Lacey as they talk about books turned into movies, books turned into musicals, and the wider world of public domain adaptations in general. Stay tuned. This is MLC Moments. I'm Katie Gill with the Mississippi Library Commission. One of my favorite things about literature is the idea of the public domain. The public domain consists of creative works that do not have any intellectual property rights attached. This means that the works can be reproduced, remixed, or reworked without having to pay any rights holders or wade through any copyright quagmire. The American copyright system is very complex, but to paint an incredibly broad stroke, A work is under copyright for the lifetime of the author plus 70 years. So if you're wondering why Dracula can show up in all sorts of movies and other properties, while Freddy Krueger is pretty much limited to just Elm Street, it's because one horror villain is under copyright while the other is in the public domain. Literature has a long history of playing with the public domain, taking existing works and shining a new light on them. Some focus on a minor character, as in the Tom Stoppard play, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. It's a reimagining of Hamlet. Some bring the book to the present. The Smash-Up by Ali Benjamin retells Ethan Frome in the modern day. Some change the genre. While Pride and Prejudice is a Regency romance, Death Comes to Pemberley by P.D. James is a murder mystery. Some bring new eyes to the original text. The Wide Sargasso Sea by Jean Rees examines Jane Eyre through a post-colonial lens, exploring ideas present only in the margins of the original text. And some just have fun with the text, taking advantage of the public domain to shove characters together that would never meet. There are dozens of properties where classic Victorian horror novels are smashed together, like a gothic fruit salad. These include Penny Dreadful, The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, The Extraordinary Adventures of the Athena Club, and, one of my personal favorites, Scooby-Doo and the Ghoul School. That cinematic classic, Scooby-Doo and the Ghoul School, also brings up an interesting point. The public domain is not limited to books. Once a property enters the public domain, that means it's free to use no matter the medium. You can take the text and rework it into a graphic novel, such as Frankenstein, adapted by horror manga legend Junji Ito. You can take the text and rework it into a film, as the upcoming horror movie The Last Voyage of the Demeter is doing with Dracula. You can even make it into a video game. One of my favorite public domain reworkings is Rhythm Action Gatsby, a video game that reinterprets the great Gatsby the way it's meant to be a two-minute minigame that you can play in your computer browser. Mississippi authors have also taken their shot at reinterpreting the public domain. In 2021, 
Mississippi author Michael Ferris Smith published Nick, a prequel to The Great Gatsby that focused on the narrator of the novel, Nick Carraway. The novel focused on Nick's time in World War I, as well as his visits to Paris and New Orleans. Critical reception of the novel was mixed. Kirkus Reviews called it, quote, a compelling character study, while the Washington Post felt that the novel failed to expand on F. Scott Fitzgerald's original story. As a side note, I'm pretty sure that Michael Ferris Smith would agree with me in loving the public domain. In an interview with BBC News, Smith says that he wrote the book in 2014, but had to delay publication until 2021, the year that Gatsby came out of copyright. If you want to draw upon the public domain for your next great work, the Duke University Center for the Study of the Public Domain releases a list of works entering the public domain each year on January 1st. Notable entries for 2023 include the movie Metropolis, directed by Fritz Lang, the song Puttin' on the Ritz, written by Irving Berlin, and an early work by a famous Mississippi author, Mosquitoes, by William Faulkner. If you want to get to know Mosquitoes or any of the other works mentioned here, you can find them at your local Mississippi Public Library. This is MLC Moments. I'm Lacey Ellenwood with the Mississippi Library Commission. In honor of the 50th anniversary of the Mississippi Film Office, I will be discussing some of the films that have been made in Mississippi based on various literary works from Mississippi authors. While you might be expecting me to discuss novels such as The Help or Time to Kill, I'd like to mention some lesser known film adaptations. Hopefully you'll discover some new factoids that'll help you win your next trivia night. This Property is Condemned is a 1966 film directed by Sidney Pollack and stars Natalie Wood, Robert Redford, and Charles Bronson. The screenplay for This Property is Condemned was inspired by the 1946 one-act play of the same name by Tennessee Williams and was written for the screen by Francis Ford Coppola, Fred Coe, and Edith Summer. The Depression-era story takes place in the fictional Mississippi town of Dodson, but was filmed primarily in Bay St. Louis. For her performance, Natalie Wood received a Golden Globe nomination for Best Actress in a Motion Picture Drama. The film itself received mixed reviews, and Tennessee Williams was so appalled by the film made from his play that he threatened to have his name taken off the credits. The classic novel, As I Lay Dying, by William Faulkner, first published in 1930, is a stream-of-consciousness work about the death of Addie Bundren and her family's journey to grant her dying wish to be buried in the town of Jefferson. It is told from the perspectives of multiple narrators. In 2013, controversial actor-director James Franco of Freaks and Geeks and Pineapple Express acclaim adapted the novel for the screen. Franco co-wrote the screenplay, co-produced the film, and portrayed Daryl, the prophetic but unhinged brother. James Franco's version of As I Lay Dying was filmed in multiple locations in Mississippi. In a May 2013 review from Variety magazine, they cite the ominous score from Timothy O'Keefe and the use of real Mississippi locations for creating a genuinely ominous and foreboding atmosphere. You'll see a pattern here with our next subject. 
Oxford author Michael Ferris Smith's fourth novel, The Fighter, comes to life in a film adaptation retitled Rumble Through the Dark. The work follows an aged bare-knuckle fighter seeking to repay his debts in a final attempt to save the home of his dying foster mother. According to an article in the Clarion Ledger, Rumble Through the Dark began filming in the Delta around July 2021. The film has been given a summer 2023 release, so you still have time to read the novel before you see the film. Ferris was tasked with writing the screenplay adaptation and the affiliated film company Phillips Pictures is rumored to be adapting another novel from Smith. I would be remiss not to mention that Michael's first full-length novel, Rivers, received the 2014 Mississippi Author Award for Fiction from the Mississippi Library Association. Several of the films mentioned would not have been possible without the benefits provided through the Mississippi Motion Picture Incentive Program. The program provides a cash rebate on eligible expenditures and offers sales and use tax reductions on eligible rentals or purchases. This program is available for nationally distributed motion pictures, television programs, documentaries, short films, commercials, music videos, video games, and includes animation, interactive media, 3D application, and other visual effects. The Mississippi Film Office's mission is to foster the growth of the film industry in our state by connecting filmmakers with necessary resources and promoting filmmaking by, for, and about Mississippians. If you are looking for these films on your streaming services without luck, I would encourage you to visit your local public library or search our Beehive Resource Sharing Catalog to see where you can find an elusive copy of This Property is Condemned or any film. Psst, we have a copy at the Library Commission. Thank you for listening and for supporting your local Mississippi Public Library. This is MLC Moments. I'm Katie Gill with the Mississippi Library Commission. In the world of Broadway musicals, there are very few original properties. More often than not, musicals are based on films. Thoroughly Modern Millie, Back to the Future, and the producers are musicals based on movies, as are Anastasia, Footloose, The Full Monty, Spamalot, Hairspray, The Lion King, Xanadu, Legally Blonde, Beetlejuice, Sunset Boulevard, Tootsie, and King Kong, among many others. There are also musicals based on books. One of the best known is Wicked, based off the book by Gregory Maguire, which recently became the fourth longest running production in Broadway history. Another is Lestat, based off the Vampire Chronicle series by Anne Rice. Lestat closed after two months. In between runtimes of thousands of performances and literally 30 died shows, lie two musicals, both based on books by Mississippi authors, both receiving national tours, both winning Tony Awards, and, coincidentally enough, both hitting Broadway around the same time. The first Mississippi literature musical we'll talk about is The Light in the Piazza, based on a novella by Elizabeth Spencer. The musical focuses on Margaret and her daughter Clara. As they explore Florence, Italy, Clara falls in love, while Margaret is torn between her protectiveness of Clara and her desire for Clara's happiness. 
The musical is essentially bilingual. The Italian-speaking characters sing in Italian. The English-speaking characters sing in English. The show has operatic stylings, crafting a sound unlike what was heard at Broadway at the time. Elise Somer, from Curtain Up, described the show as, quote, art songs that mix atonality with lyricism. The musical first premiered on Broadway in 2005. In 2006, PBS broadcast a performance of The Light in the Piazza on their series Live from Lincoln Center. The most recent production was at the Royal Festival Hall in London in 2019. That production starred acclaimed operatic soprano and National Medal of the Arts recipient, Renee Fleming. At the 59th Tony Awards, The Light in the Piazza won six Tony Awards, including the award for Best Original Score and Best Performance by a Leading Actress in a Musical. Victoria Clark won that for her role as Margaret. At the 60th Tony Awards, our second Mississippi-based musical also won the Tony for Best Actress in a Musical, The Color Purple. Based on a book by Alice Walker, The Color Purple follows the life of Celie, a young girl in rural Georgia. Celie battles a lifetime of abuse as she learns to find her inner strength and stand up for herself, finding love and compassion in unexpected places in the process. The musical opened on Broadway on December 1st, 2005. The musical was partly produced by Oprah Winfrey, Mississippi native and cast member of the 1985 Steven Spielberg film. The musical ran for over two years with over 900 performances. The first national tour of the show started in 2007. Three other national tours followed in the next 10 years. In 2015, the show was revived on Broadway, and the revival ran for two years with 449 performances. Both the original production and the Broadway revival won Tony Awards. In both productions, the actress playing Celie won Best Actress in a Musical, LaShans in 2006, Cynthia Erivo in 2016. The Broadway revival also won the Tony for Best Revival of a Musical. A film adaptation of the musical is currently in production, set to be released in late 2023. And yes, Oprah is also producing that one. It certainly is an astonishing coincidence that two Broadway productions based off books by notable Mississippi authors hit New York City at around the same time and managed to snag a Tony Award in the same category. Though it does make you wonder, what Mississippi book will hit the Great White Way next? Whatever book next takes to the stage, we're certain you can check it out at your local Mississippi Public Library. Thank you for listening to Stacks and Stories, the podcast of the Mississippi Library Commission. We hope you will tune in next time, and we encourage you to visit your local public library often.